Touchdown in the den. So go tell a friend. The best podcast on earth is about to begin. We got jokes and news and movie reviews. After dark NC-17 with the crew. Interviews with the best artists around. So like, comment, subscribe. The show starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show starting right now. What's up, Down in the Den? It's your boy, Mars, and we're back in the blue lights of the den, just like I promised I would do every Wednesday. And I'm here looking at Loki. It's uh, about 3.10 a.m. The episode is available now on Disney+. Plus. Season 1, Episode 3, Lamentis, is the title. Uh, the plot says Loki finds out the variant's plan. Uh, but he will have a plan of his own. Of course, he's Loki, the god of mischief. So we're going to get into this episode, we're going to watch it, and then when we're done, we're going to come back and we're going to go ahead and film uh, the review and recap. And of course, in the den with me, have my boy, Charlie. Can we see him? Welcome to Down in the Den. It's your boy, Mars, and I hope everyone is having a fantastic day. Today, we're going to do the Mars on Marvel special, where we talk about what's been going on in Loki. So we'll review episode three. We're going to be talking about the new Shang-Chi trailer, which debuted last night, and just getting into what we can predict for Marvel going forward. There's been so much exciting news, so many developments. So uh, let's get right into it. And first, I have to talk about Loki episode three. We're halfway through the season and it has been my favorite episode thus far. Some other online sites and review sources have complained that there was a lot of exposition in this episode, but I really think with only being six episodes, we needed this episode, somewhat of a filler episode, and every series does that, but we needed this episode so we can really care about the Lady Loki character and really get us in a place where the characters are developed and now we can take off for the action that's going to remain. And we know Tom Hiddleston has said episode four and five are crazy and there's no reason to not believe him. Marvel has delivered in most ways, even when our expectations exceeded what we knew realistically to get, that could happen. I think Marvel is a lot more cautious with what they give out going forward. And we've known for a while that this episode is going to be the most important, not this episode, pardon me, this series is going to be the most important series to set up the future of phase four and the remainder of phase four. So uh, as I mentioned, this episode was titled Lamentus. It's based off of the Purple Planet from Marvel. It took place in the future, I believe 2077 was the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but apparently, according to Lady Loki, who we learned to find out uh, in the previous episode that her name is Sylvie, out of all the apocalypses that she's been hiding in, and there's dozens, this one is apparently the worst. Uh, so as I mentioned, this episode was a full discovery episode, and it was really cool to see the two Lokis and their compare and contrast of their similarities, as well as 
their obvious difference. And the show gave a lot of answers. Uh, now, one thing that I am concerned about is the reliability of this narration. And when we do the recap of the actual episode, I'll go over some of my theories why. Uh, but we start off with a cold open. Sylvie, a.k.a. Lady Loki, and the TVA agent from the previous episode is captured. And, but it looks like they're in a nice bar somewhere, in, in an island somewhere, enjoying some tropical drinks. And the images that Sylvie, Lady Loki, portrayed in the TVA agent's mind wasn't a um, vision of terror or horror. She actually used sugar to get more uh, from her captured person. And her goal, of course, is to find the timekeepers, find out how many people guarding them, and really how to get to them. And she spills the beans after uh, a small catch-up where she realized, hey, I don't know you. Her power just overwhelmed uh, the TVA agent, and she spilled the beans. We soon fast forward to where we left in the previous episode with Loki using Tempad to uh, escape from the TVA, and we land on Lamentus One, and, and that's really where it begins. Now, uh, the back and forth between Loki and Sylvie is awesome. Um, I, I really, really really dig it, especially Doug, their constant battle. Um, when Sylvie threatened Loki, Renslayer was like, hey, do what you want. I don't care if you need to kill him, kill him. We're coming after you anyway. And Loki knew that she was not playing, and that's why they escaped to Lamentus. Now, once we got to Lamentus, it kind of ruined a theory for a lot of people that thought we would see Black Widow potentially. I never thought that was a possibility. All those Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, some of the higher paid actors that have left uh, Marvel have great relationships with Disney and Marvel. I don't think it's great enough where we're going to be seeing those big three in any of these Disney Plus episodes, at least just yet. Uh, the fact of the matter is that their return, although I do think in some way all three will return at some point in time, I think their return is going to be held for at least a couple of years because right now we're building up this next phase. We're building up this next stage of Marvel characters, and we know that's what phase four is about. It's very similar to phase one where we built up Iron Man, we built up Hulk, we built up... Captain America, we built up Thor, we built up Black Widow, and then you were able to come together and make the adventures. Now we're talking about the rebuilding of this universe after so many major characters, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them return in the flesh until Secret Wars, and that's why Loki is very important, because now we see that there can be variants, we've established that we can have this same reality with different versions, which I wouldn't be surprised if the rumors are true, that we will see a Tom Cruise version of Tony Stark, which if you've ever seen his portrayal of the record executive uh, or film executive in Tropic Thunder, 
I believe a version of that would be awesome, especially if they do it as a Tony Stark, as a bad guy, a variant Tony Stark as superior Iron Man played by Tom Cruise as the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Take my money. Give me all of that. But I digress. Back onto the episode. After they battle Sylvie and Loki pretty much to a stalemate, they determine, okay, the best way to get out of this situation after they realize that the Tempad is out of energy is to try to escape this apocalypse together. And hilarity ensues, not only as they talk and learn more about each other, but just the differences in each of their approaches. Loki is more cunning, gal. Sylvie is more heads in, going in, guns a-blazing. And we see how, in some cases, neither one of their ways work, and they have their most success when working together. Now, I'm flying through the episode because we have so much. Uh, to talk about, and I try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible while giving a recap and review, so I try to leave out some of the uh, minor things, but as I mentioned, they're going back and forth. It's really awesome, man. It was awesome to see uh, them learn from each other. That was re- that was really cool. Now, uh, Loki and Sylvie, Sylvie uh, they travel and finally use Loki's ability to change costumes on the fly, to enter train and then they combine Sylvie's ability for mind control to get clear passage. But of course, Loki being Loki, he couldn't just lie and and stay still and just let their mission. Loki's the god of mischief for a reason. Sylvie dozes off and when she wakes up, we have a very awesome scene on the lane uh, on the train with Loki singing apparently a, a a classic bop in Asgard. It's not too familiar uh, to us on uh, Midgard, but apparently everyone in 27.7 knew the lyrics to this song because they're all in an awesome musical number singing. And we even see some more of Loki's Asgardian heritage as he slams down a beverage similar to how Thor did in Thor uh, 1. Uh, with crashing it to the ground and screaming another. So it was really cool. We also had a huge development that the first queer character in the MCU has been there since phase one. In a conversation where they get to know each other, Sylvie asks Loki about any potential princesses as a prince, as well as possibly any prince that he may have been seeing. And Loki confirms a bit of both and he suspects she very much the same. And I think this was a very natural and organic way to introduce a queer character in Marvel. I love that they're so forward thinking. Uh, I don't consider it a retcon because if you look at the old uh, tales about Loki, which come from real life, he's been a shapeshifter. He's been fluid all along. So it is in perfect step with this character, and I'm hoping for a day where a character being queer has nothing to do with the plot. It's just something that they are. It's important to that character, of course, but, uh, you know, the whole beautiful thing about equality, I want us to get to a place where his sexuality doesn't matter, and it's all just about the character development, but I'm very proud 
of Marvel for continuing to provide representation from people of all colors, uh, races, religions, and sexual backgrounds, uh, sexual orientations, and, and that's awesome. Um, but of course, once again, Loki being Loki, he gets caught, and a very awesome scene uh, is Loki literally getting tossed from the train out of the window. I do have a question. Because I've said in the previous podcast, okay, Loki's strength and durability, while better than your average human, is nothing like Thor. But he took falling out of that train like a champ. Unfortunately, it broke the time pack. And they had to go on a quest to get to the Ark, which has never left off, according to history. But Loki says, hey, this history can be changed because we are here. They've never had. Not one, but two Lokis in one place in one time. And we have some awesome shots, uh, all in one take of them battling to get to the art, only for the art to be destroyed by a meteorite and leaving the episode on a heck of a cliffhanger with Loki apparently abandoned out on Lamentus One with no way off. Now, obviously, we know there's three more episodes, and we know that Loki will not be dying again anytime soon. So, with that cliffhanger, I have a couple of theories that I'm going to kind of go into. Theory one, all of this is in Loki's mind, and I'll explain why. If you recall, when the show opened, in the code open, these realities that Sylvie can project are almost indistinguishable from the reality. It's very similar to what Wanda was doing in WandaVision, except she created a reality. Sylvie actually manifests that reality in the mind. Now, there was an earlier scene when they were escaping where Sylvie tries to enchant Loki, and Loki asks her, what are you doing? And she says, I'm trying to control your mind. And Loki quite arrogantly and quite pompously says, my mind is too strong for that. And the show goes on as we see it. I don't trust that. I personally believe at that moment, Sylvie did get in his mind and they are still on the train. And this was a test to test if Loki can be trusted in this scenario. That's one theory. And that's my personal theory. I think it will end or episode four will begin with the scene that we saw them sitting on the rock, Sylvie and Loki waiting for their doom. And right when the meteor hits and Sylvie gets enough information, she pulls him from that mental projection that she made. That's one. The second theory is that they're going to be rescued by the TVA and captured. And we know we've seen some trailers where we see Sylvie in bondage uh, in a TVA uniform. So that's certainly a possibility as well. I don't know. You let me know in the comments what you guys think. I'm very interested. But overall, this episode was awesome. It's my favorite episode thus far. And I wish I could give higher than five stars. But the last two episodes have been perfect episodes to me. I feel Michael Waldron, who I forgot last uh, Loki review, the writer, is doing a hell of a job handling these complex, complicated time travel issues with 
of nice ease, and he does that, and simplicity, and he does that very well in Rick and Morty. Uh, so, yeah, I am excited for episode four. I am bummed that we only have three episodes left. I swear these little six and nine episode shows just just really hurt me. Uh, but I am excited. Loki so far has, in my opinion, been far and away the best Marvel Disney Plus series. And there are a lot of Easter eggs popping up that we'll probably get to into another video. But uh, that's all we have for Loki overall. Five star, amazing, perfect episode. Uh, there was a lot of character development, a lot of talk. Uh, but the action that did occur was splendid. And uh, in the words of uh, my man, the collector, magnificent, magnificent, magnificent. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our Shang-Chi full trailer reaction. Thank you so much for tuning in to Down in the Dead. Welcome back to Down in the Den. This is Mars on Marvel, a special. And I am about to watch the Shang-Chi trailer, which debuted last night. Um, I made sure I didn't watch it. Um, so my reaction can be fresh. And we're going to go ahead and pull that up now. So let's go ahead and check this bad boy out. All right, so let's give it a look. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family was your mother. Whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glenn, I was right. Just a criminal. Speak to the boy. Run from your past. Is this what you wanted? Thank you. Wow. 
Wow, 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 wow. In the words of Borat, wowie, wow. Okay, that was a lot to take in. We did see a lot of these clips from the teaser trailer that came out a few months ago. Uh, I did a Down in the Den review uh, on that when it first came out. But we did see uh, some increased development for the characters, uh, the confirmation on who Shang-Chi's uh, mother is, uh, as well as I think some of those tournament rumors are true. It was rumored that this would be a very um, Into the Dragon type tournament, Mortal Kombat movie. It's going to do Mortal Kombat better than Mortal Kombat could do. Um, but what really caught me, I can't tell if that was Wong. At the end, it looked a lot like Wong. Definitely one of the sorcerers, same garment, same sling rings. But screw that. Wong is an awesome development. But that was abomination. That was freaking abomination who we have not seen since 2008 in The Incredible Hulk. And we knew he was coming back for She-Hulk. That's already been announced. But he's going to be in this. So, man. Wow, that was an awesome trailer. I was already interested in seeing the movie. I was hoping it would be uh, the Asian version of Black Panther, where it's really just going to be something that uh, everyone latches onto, but really can do something powerful for the Asian community. And you know what? I think this will accomplish that. Um, seeing these characters not being portrayed, and, and God bless you, Marvel, because. When these characters were first created, the sheer level of racism in those characters, so to be able to adapt those characters to fit and to actually still encompass the core of the character without being racially insensitive or offensive, kudos. And I am stoked for this movie. It's moved up, um, probably more so than I'm stoked to see The Eternals. And Black Widow. So, uh, yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad I waited to watch this trailer and didn't watch anything on it. But that was awesome. I'm very excited to see Shang-Chi. And, yeah, dope trailer. Two thumbs up. Five stars. Gold star. Whatever you want to rate it. Whatever rated system you use. It was awesome. But, uh, yeah, that, that was awesome. That was dope. Abomination, folks. I, I Oh, man. Abomination versus Swamp. Who else is in here? Who do you guys think? Like, comment, subscribe. Tell me who you think is going to show up in this movie. Because if Wong and Abomination can show up, who knows? Who knows who else can show up in this movie? But I'm stoked. And a dragon. It wasn't Fing Fong, Fing, Fing Fang Foom. Um, but we know from the toy leak that there was a dragon in this movie called the Great Protector. And I'm pretty sure that's who that dragon is going to be. But I'm ready. I am ready for Shang-Chi. I'm ready for everything Marvel has in store. Give it to me. Give it to me. But, uh, yeah, that's all we have. This is just a brief episode going over uh, what Marvel has in store. Loki 3. Uh, Loki episode 3. Awesome. Shang-Chi. Awesome. Black Widow coming out. And tonight, I'm going to go and see Fast and Furious 9. So we may live stream from there. Um, um, I'm going to see. Uh, and, and determine. But other than that, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this brief episode. Thank you as always. Like, comment, subscribe. Please share if you like what you're looking. 
Deuces. Also like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now. Let's go. Like, comment, subscribe. The show's starting right now.